and the brave new world begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Copybook Headings podcast. If you're new and just joining us for the first time, this podcast is inspired by the poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. And every week we take an old proverb, maxim, or, or saying, and we break it down to see what we can learn from it, see if there's still any relevance today to, to these old sayings and these, this ancient wisdom. <clears throat> I am your host, Patrick Payne, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Great to see you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. This is a good afternoon. This is not the normal time that we normally record, but uh, yeah. it's, uh, I'm, it's, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah, the sun is shining through our windows, and uh, <laughs> we're not usually around Yeah, it day. feels a little bit different. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, we normally record in the evenings. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we've got a good uh, proverb this week. This is one that Andrew had selected. Um, if you're kind of new to the show, uh, we usually take turns picking a proverb to go over. I mean, I'll do one one week, and Andrew will pick one another another week. Uh, and and also, uh, for all the listeners out there, if you have one that you're curious about, or that you love, or that you would like to learn more about, we're open to suggestions. We're all uh, we we don't. There's no shortage of them. We have whole lists and lists of them. We could go on forever. But if you have one yeah. that you want to hear. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, DM us, post on our page, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's great. It would be great to to have something to talk about that people <laughs> actually want to hear and uh uh and have have an interest in because we definitely want some outside perspective on yeah, on some of these pro- yeah, some absolutely. of these uh, proverbs. For sure. So let us know if you want to hear something. Um and with that, you want to uh Want to lay us, lay on, lay, lay this week's on us? Sure thing. Yeah. This week's, I don't know that I've heard this one, but it definitely rings true. And it is procrastination is the thief of time. Mm. So uh, a little bit about this one. Let me, let me look here. So this is from a, a poem uh, as, as often our proverbs are. By, by a guy named Edward Young, and this was published in 1742. So it's a pretty old one, and it was a very popular poem at the time. It's The, the full title is The Complaint or Night Thoughts on Life, Death, and Immortality. So hmm. it's just this really long blank verse poem. And the, the section in question here, and I'll just read a few lines. Be wise today, tis madness to defer. Next day, the fatal precedent will plead. Thus on till wisdom is pushed out of life, procrastination is the thief of time. Year after year it steals, till all are fled, and to the mercies of a moment leaves the vast concerns of an eternal scene. So I think that that line even got was, was pretty popular at the time from this poem, and that's kind of how it came into, into the popular... Um, pop into popular saying. So yeah. 
Okay. Uh, can you read that one last line of the poem again? I thought that was interesting. Yeah. The vast, con- so um, procrastination is the thief of time. Year after year, it steals till all are fled and to the mercies of a moment leaves the vast concern of an eternal scene. Oh, what do you make of that? What do you make of that last, that last part, the eternal scene? <laughs> um, I mean, it's talking about death. It's talking about um, if you put things off, it, it, it gets to the point where it's no longer in your control. Yeah. And, uh, and what, and what's left is left to eternity. It's left to the afterlife to God. And you just, um, it's out of your hands. Yeah. Time is a, is a cruel mistress. She waits for no man. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this one, the one that came to my mind when I, when I heard this one, even though it's slightly different, and maybe we do this one at some point is Memento Mori. You're probably familiar mm-hmm. with that one, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, you know, many of the <clears throat> Roman Stoics and, and we talk about this and what it means is just remember death. I think that's the translation, right? Um, and uh, the meaning behind that was time marches forward. You're going to leave this life at some point. And as, as morbid as it kind of sounds, it actually was kind of a, a positive thing that, you know, you have this time right now and you can use it better if you remember that it's fleeting. Yeah. And that's kind of what this one reminded me of because, you know, when you're, when you're wasting time or procrastinating, uh, as this, as this proffer puts it, it's stealing your time away from you. Yeah, exactly. And it was, um, kind of a popular genre it's a popular genre in art and in in poetry and, and writing you know it was for a long time that memento mori idea that kind of meditating on on your own death and what that means and consequently on your own life and what you mm-hmm. what you have left to do yeah so i guess my question would be if we dig into this one a little bit how does procrastination steal your time like if you're doing something, if you push, putting off something important to later, you know, does that matter if you're just shuffling it down into a different time? How does that actually take your time away? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, you know, I, I've seen, you know, some stuff written about it. Um, <laughs> one, one idea that I, I think makes sense is that it's really only procrastination if you're, if you're putting off something important for something unimportant, right? Sometimes you, <laughs> important things get interrupted by other important things. Uh, yeah. And so you're not, you're not wasting time because you had to change gears. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's more the idea that you're, um, but by, by putting off something important with, with something less, you're, you're, you're stealing the time because eventually you're going to have to do it. Um, and so if you do it now, get it out of the way, you have, you have time for, for something else in the future. Yeah, I'm probably the world's worst person to talk about this because I procrastinate all the time. And uh, it's been something that I've struggled with in my professional life. But I am better now, certainly, than I was 10 years ago. And I hope to be you know, better yet 10, 10 years from now. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, and, and so I've, I've had a lot of experience putting things off and, uh, and not doing them probably when I should have, and then having them stack up on me, you know, and then of course you're yeah. working under pressure. You're trying to get things done at the last minute. Um, uh, oh, one thing I, I thought of what I was thinking of, uh, economists have this term called time preference. 
Mm-hmm. You've, you've probably heard that. Where you know, I, I, uh, I get this one mixed up. So which which one's which with uh, time preference? Yeah. Time preference. Yeah. So high time preference is somebody who wants something right now. It's, um, okay. It's, it's something where if you have a high time preference, your preference for having the thing at the exact moment you want it is, is, is your preference. And this varies by person to person, how you were raised, maybe, you know, your, your spending habits and various things. And there's a a lot of success in life and uh, basically a lot of good outcomes that are tied to low time preference. It's like, yeah, I want this thing, but my preference for the time is not so high. Like I don't have to have it right now. I'm okay having it yeah. in a year. I'm okay having it in five years. I'm okay having it in 50 years, to, you know, talk about maybe retirement or something. But um, uh, yeah, being able to kind of delay that gratification seems like it relates a lot to this because when you're kicking something important down the road, it's usually to replace it with something that is more enjoyable <laughs> or fun. Yeah, yeah. So this is like the, um, was it the marshmallow study that they did with kids? Is yeah. That, so they, yeah. Tell us about that. So the, the researchers, you know, say they have these kids here. They say you have a marshmallow right now, or you can have two marshmallows in, you know, 15 minutes or whatever the time was. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of studying, you know, how many kids and, and what, what it was about those kids that made them cho- choose one or the other. And that, so that would be the high time preference would be wanting that one right now. And low would be, delaying the gratification to, uh, to have more later. Is that right? Yeah. To get something they really want. Yeah. Or to get something they want more or, or something better at a later time. And then tracking right. those kids along their lives, they found out that, uh, the, you know, obviously not probably not a perfect one to one correlation, but the kids that, uh, were able to delay and have that lower time preference tended to do better in life in all sorts of categories. Yeah. So, coming back to this proverb, how it steals our time. So, so when we, when we get to the point where we're delaying things that we should be doing now for something more fun or more pleasurable, it's costing us something. And it seems to be implying that it's costing us one time, right? And probably other things as well. Yeah, I think for sure other things as well. Um, especially if you're putting off um, you know, stuff for your health or, uh, yeah. you know, my, my favorite, you know, is eating the, eating the candy or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. like you have yeah. the gratification now and what I'm putting off is, is having to work that off later. Um, and it's harder, harder to do once you're, you could just not eat the candy or you could work out later and uh, have to work out harder and take that time <laughs> and, uh, you're a little bit older, so it's a little bit harder to do. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just posted something on my on my personal social media. It was just a funny video that this guy had posted and he was like, "I'm eating an 800 calorie crumble cookie and then I'm going to run until I burn off 800 calories." And I ran for like <laughs> 6 hours. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, like that's an insane amount of time to run for one cookie. But that's kind yeah. of what it is. That's uh that's uh, sometimes you don't realize what you're what 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 it's costing you, especially if you're you're trying to get healthy. Yeah. Um and and you know also another thing that I've noticed, so I, I wear this little fitness tracker. Um, and one of the things that it measures is my stress levels. Right. And, Hmm. uh, I noticed when I'm, uh, if I have like a deadline with something at at work or I have a project that, that needs to get done, but it's just really, there's just a really big mental block about getting, getting to it. 
um, I noticed my my stress levels are higher in the lead up to when I actually start working on it. And then once it's going, my stress levels drop. So it's like that anticipation of, of doing the hard thing is worse than doing it itself as far as like physiolo- my, my physiology goes. Interesting. I, I bet a lot of people would confirm that just anecdotally, but it's interesting that you have the actual numbers to track it to prove that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. I was, I was surprised to see it. Yeah. Just, well, about this podcast, I've, you know, when I procrastinate and don't, you know, edit our, our weekly podcast until the night before <laughs> it's supposed to be released, you know, my stress levels are higher than when I, when I, when I edit that week's episode earlier in the week and get it ready and it's set to drop at the, at the right time, then yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, I'm the one that usually does the editing for this podcast. So it's, uh, something I do every week and I don't mind it, but, uh, yeah, I definitely notice a difference when I'm, when I'm, under the gun. Oh shoot. I got to get this done. Cause it's supposed to be out Friday morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so one of the things I thought about with this is, um, you mentioned earlier about it's not always procrastination. If you're, if you're having to stop something, you know, yeah. it reminds me of some of those, you know, those stories you hear of, of the busy working dad who's like, I don't have time to play with you, son. I can't can't throw the baseball with you right now because I'm because I'm working, you know, and I'm he's always yeah. working. Um, would it be procrastination to stop what he's doing and go play ball with his boy? Um, I mean, pro- probably not in the grand scheme of things. Uh, as, uh, and I think that'd be good. It's just whether or not his his boss agrees, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's worth. Um, it's worth weighing those kinds of things in more than just a, like a monetary sense. We might be tempted to do like that, that the paycheck being the the foremost thing and it's not unimportant, but it's, you know, a different reward than spending time with your family or, or or any of the other, any number of other things that are good for you, you know, maintaining your health, working out, things like that. Yeah. And I think in this case, it's going to be dependent on your situation too. Cause I mean, if, if you're, you know, a hundred years ago when people were subsistence farmers, they had, they had to work or they didn't eat, you know? And so, um, stopping to play might've been a luxury. They just couldn't afford. They literally couldn't. Whereas now we live in a much more, you know, wealthy society. Even people who wouldn't consider themselves wealthy are probably so compared to, you know, uh, generations ago. And so it's, a it's important to, Oftentimes when people build these habits of, you know, low time preference, I'm delaying my gratification, I'm working, I'm not going to procrastinate. It can be tough for those types of people to stop and do something maybe that's even more important. It seems like play, but it's, it's, it's really important to nurture a relationship with the child or, or with a spouse or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something I certainly struggle with trying to, trying to, uh, weigh that time and, um, and, and the efforts. I think I've, I've gotten into a pretty good, uh, it's gotten, it's gotten better in recent years. I'm fortunate to have a, a job where I have some flexibility with that kind of thing. The, I think the mm-hmm. work from home helped a lot of people who hadn't done, hadn't that chance before to, to be able to take a, take a break and throw the ball and then get back to work kind of thing. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, having the strict kind of, all right, well, I'm done you know, I'm done at five and I'm not, and I don't have the notifications on my phone. So if you email me, I'll yeah. see it in the morning. 
Like yeah. where a lot of people will just don't, they won't set that boundary and they just, you know, works trickles in all evening and they're just doing a little bit here and there all evening and just really maybe would benefit from, you know, and, and from, from a firm cutoff point. And that's something, you know, you have to discuss with your, your work or you're not gonna, or you're gonna, might, there might be some expectations there, but I think if, if you can swing it, I think that's a good practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, it's, um, it's, uh, some people can pull it off. Maybe some people can pull off the, the working, you know, bouncing back and forth and checking work emails and then, and then going back to family time. And some people really just kind of need that cut. I feel like this was, a, this was a difficult, uh, problem for people, especially early in the days of, you know, smartphones coming out and blackberries and stuff. And now you have emails in your pocket all the time. And I think people were stressing out about that a lot because yeah. they didn't know how to, they didn't know how to handle it. And I think now we're starting to see a little bit in the business world switch back to more common. That's like, Hey, I'm not, just don't bother me at seven o'clock on a, on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna, I, it's my family time. So I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I, one question I have is let's say you're the kind of person who does procrastinate. Maybe you got a high time preference. Maybe you're just the kind of person that uh, puts things off to the last minute or you you feel like you work better under stress or something. I've heard that excuse, mm -hmm. right? I've worked better yeah. under stress. How, how do you, are there any kind of practical concrete exercises or, or things you can do to try to make yourself less of a procrastinator that you know of? Um, I think a, a big one is if you're, if you're having trouble, you know, kind of regulating yourself to, to pull in someone else to help you out. Um, I mean, that's, that's where one place, if you have like the normal kind of desk job, that's one place where a, a manager can really help a lot mm -hmm. of people. Uh, don't, a lot of people often don't see the use for a manager, but here's a great one is having some accountability and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm having trouble getting, getting my stuff done. So can I check in with you like every day? Kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, another, you know, just setting, if you are a little more self-motivated, just set some, some daily goals or some, some benchmarks. Because one thing, um, one thing I've run into, and and this kind of like the I work better under pressure, that type of mentality. Have you heard of something called Parkinson's law? It's no. uh, it's 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 uh, it was a British guy. I think he was in their civil service back in the days, and uh, it's the idea that work will expand to fill the time allotted for it. So if you don't have firm deadlines or or benchmarks or, or goals along the way, you're, you'll just keep trickling at that work until, until you do hit the deadline and then it all fill in. But you've, you've kind of expanded that work to fill the amount of time. So if you can quick, if you can clearly define the time, you can, you can scale down the work. Interesting. You know, that reminds me of when I was first married, I still had like a semester or two left of college. My wife had graduated, but I was still uh, finishing up school. And, uh, I was used to taking a certain workload. Maybe this is why she mm -hmm. graduated first because I was used to a lower, lighter workload than she was, but I, I was used to a, <laughs> a certain workload. And when we got married, she's like, well, let's sign you up for classes. And she was like expecting me to do this huge, you know, amount of credits in my mind. And I was like, how the heck am I supposed to do that? Like, I feel like I'm busy already. And she convinced me that I could do it. And lo and behold, she was right. The, I think the, the Parkinson's law was a little bit in play earlier, you know, when I had, I was taking only three classes, yeah. they filled up all my time. Now I'm taking five, but I really didn't need all that time to do that many classes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
So I had, I've been reading this book, uh, um, and, uh, and, uh, couple of things it's talked about is is managing energy levels, which I thought is pretty interesting. And I think that's that can be helpful because there's always times, it's something in this book that I was reading that really resonated with me of all the things I've read because um, I feel different peaks and valleys in my energy levels throughout the day. Yeah. And if you can kind of read that and, and understand yourself uh, well enough to know, hey, I'm really energetic first thing in the morning, but I'm sluggish at 3, 30, 4 o'clock you know, in the afternoon. Um, that can be really helpful to structure your day, especially if you're, if you have the kind of a job where you're able to structure your own day and hopefully you, you have that kind of flexibility, but, um, and then just knowing that, Hey, I'm going to hit a Valley at this, this certain time. Maybe I, I put jobs that I don't mind doing are a little more fun then versus the jobs that are harder or less pleasurable. I'll do those when I'm really feeling pumped. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's, that's great. How would, how have you. Have you um, come to identify those types of things, like uh, keeping a journal, or what? What are you doing? Like, that's probably what I should peaks. be doing is keeping <laughs> keeping a journal. <laughs> terrible journaling, but yeah, I probably should probably be even more accurate. But yeah, just just kind of trying to pay attention to my my day and my week, and say one thing I found is in the mornings I like to go places. Um, and some people's jobs are kind of tied to an office, but mine isn't. I I mm-hmm. can go out and make visits with clients and this sort of thing. So I tr- I like to get up and and go somewhere, you know eight, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. And then, and then in the afternoon, I'll catch up on emails or, or this, that, and the other. If I'm trapped in my office when the, when the, you know, the beautiful morning and the birds are singing and it kind of, yeah. kind of, I get antsy and I want to leave and I have this energy levels that's pumping. And so I, I try to get, be as productive as I can if, and, and be out and about and then, and then structure my afternoon differently. So, um, yeah, I think that can be, that could be a way to help procrastination is just understanding how you work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. I'll have to, I'm gonna have to try that. I have to make uh, keep a tally every time I, I yawn or something during the day. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the yawn counter. I like it. Yeah, see, what time uh, see if you're was. when you're ready for a nap or you got that. You got that Mediterranean in you. You like the siesta. Sounds like right from your time oh, in I Rome. Do. I, that is that's the best idea that we don't do here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what about um, what about the 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 converse? Because on this show, we always like to talk about you know the 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 timeless wisdom of the copybook heading, and then the the god of the marketplace, as Kipling describes it, is the antithesis, the counter to these yeah. sayings. Is, does the does society preach this, or are they in accordance with it, or are they against it? Do you think? Oh, I think I think most things are against it. Um, hmm. I think there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of power in the in immediacy um everything everything we see i think media wise want you know is is all about now about the moment whether it's you're watching a lot of news and it's the kind of the outrage of the day or if it's social media and it's um you know, advertising things, you know, they want to go out right now and buy right now, spend your, spend your money, get some credit, just do it all so you can have it right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think almost everything is, is against this one. I think I would, uh, somewhat agree with that. I do think people pay lip service to this one. This is one that if you say, said to somebody, they would probably like nod and say, oh yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. true. 
And, uh, you know, maybe in your business meeting at work, your boss might tell you, <laughs> tell you this one. So people, I think pay lip service to this one, but yeah, I think our whole society is structured around now. Um, for me, social media is a huge problem because it's like, mm-hmm. it's just so easy to, to get distracted with this little phone in my pocket that I can pull out at any time. Yeah. We've talked about this, how I've, I've gone on social media fasts and then just like instinctively pulled my phone out of my pocket for no reason. Just looked at it for no, and I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? Like, Oh, that's when I yeah. was going to check, you know, <laughs> some, some stupid app. Um, but yeah, I think there's distractions all around us. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's a good point. I think I would say most people, um, don't, aren't, aren't comfortable with their, you know, relationship with procrastination and don't want to do it. But there's, yeah, there's very little in the, in the popular culture that goes against it since so much of it is driven by advertising and consumption, which necessarily is against, you know, delayed gratification. So I think, yeah, I think people individually really, it resonates with them. I mean, it certainly resonates with me, uh, but it's definitely not how I live my life necessarily. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. something yeah. I, I struggle with. And I think most people do. Yeah. There's a family in my town that owns the local grocery store. And I think they own a couple different businesses in town. Um, and you know, this guy is, was an immigrant, came to the country, started building this little business. And if you asked it, I mean, I'm sure he's very successful now. He has a really nice house and drives a nice car and everything. But if you probably asked him, his success story, it would be very slow. You know, that's a guy who Mm -hmm. really kind of could delay gratification, had that low time preference. He's like, I'm just going to build this business and I'm just going to keep going. He's been doing it for 30, 40 years. I don't know how long, but, uh, most people, I think if you told them, Hey, you could be a millionaire just in 40 years, you know, start, start this little grocery store and just keep at it. People be like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to, I want to be a millionaire in three years. I want to be a millionaire in five, you know? And so there's just uh, uh, definitely a preference towards getting things quicker versus building something long-term that may take a while, but, but maybe is even more reliable or, or consistent, uh, probably yeah. easier to become a millionaire over 40 years than it is over four. Yeah. And then people will take, because they want that, that four-year millionaire, they're, they're going to take bigger risks that yeah. are probably less likely to pay off. And, and that shoots your stress level up living with that kind of risk. Um, just in various things you're trying mm-hmm. to do, but money is a big one. Like trying to, trying to get ahead, trying to find a way to take a shortcut is gonna, it's gonna be stressful and it it might be catastrophic. Yeah, it's, that's definitely possible. It's people who try to rush things too much. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, I'm a believer that there's times to take risks and there's times to make big, take big action, especially if you've, if you've calculated it and you've, you've, you've done the, you've done your done your due diligence and you're in a position to do it. Um, there've been times, uh, in my career where I've just been like, I don't know if I want to, you know, go back to a job and I might want to try something on my own yeah. and do a little bit of investing or do start a little business. And, and I've tried it, but it was a situation where, um, you know, we had some savings and we were in a good spot and we knew what the risk was and the upside is great, but the downside isn't that bad. So let's give it a shot, you know, and let's try this little business yeah. here and there. So, um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you can certainly do those types of things. Just uh, uh, when you're in so much of a rush, if you're not in a position maybe where you have some savings or you're just, uh, you're not prepared, that's not the time to be taking those kinds of risks. Yeah. It's the time to put in the legwork, maybe build up your savings, get out of debt, then try the the risky thing once you're a little bit better prepared. Yep. 
Um, I, I guess I, I'd, I'd like your thoughts on, you know, I guess on prioritization. So, you know, yeah. there, there's good things to do. There's, um, there's more than enough good things to fill your, fill your, fill your time, you know, many times over. And so it's picking between those. Um, and you know, maybe this is a different topic, but since we're on it, let's, let's talk about it. Like, what do you think, um, is a good, um, way to kind of prioritize the things in your life? What, if, what works for you or what are what are you working on? Yeah. Um, that's, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, prioritization I think is important and it's, I don't know how else to do it other than just putting, putting pen to paper and just putting mm-hmm. a, making a list of the things you need to do, whether it be for the day or just generally speaking, and then making sure that your efforts and your time correlate well with how important it is. Like if you're spending an outsized amount of time on something that's not important, that may be something you need to adjust. Yeah. Um, I think it's really hard though, sometimes to, to, to not feel like, cause we all get in these habits, we'll get in these ruts, you know, and it can be really easy to feel like you're not succeeding or you're a failure or something. When you do these things, it's important to kind of take a step back sometimes and just view it impartially and mm-hmm. just coldly rationally, as if you were looking at somebody, some stranger, you know, and just yeah. think, Oh, this is how to do it. Cause if you take the emotion out of it, I think it, it really can help you make better decisions because we all tend to be self self-critical be our own worst critics. Yeah. And I think along with that, um, if, if you're trying maybe something new, something you're not as, as skilled at or experienced with to, um, to give yourself some time, like allow yourself some time before. So, you know, if you're, if you're starting a new, uh, new hobby or shifting to a new career, maybe, um, don't look at yourself like that first week and be like, Oh, I'm terrible. This is a waste of time. You know, I'm, I'm procrastinating something better. Like it's okay to, to be learning and, and, you know, give yourself a couple months depending on what it is and, and see, you know, you're going to want the wide eyed evaluation for sure, but you're, but you want to be able to give yourself some grace and some time to, to really assess how things are. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good spot to leave it. Um, we uh, there's a I read a book by one of those books by Jordan Peterson years ago when it first came out, and it was uh, his, his rules for life. And I think in one of them was yeah. uh, treat yourself the way you would treat someone you're responsible for helping. Yeah, and I think that's generally good advice, and because um, you wouldn't scream and yell at somebody that you're if your responsibility was to help this younger person come up in the company or whatever and put your arm around them and really mentor them you wouldn't scream and yell at them and be angry with them, but we can be angry with ourselves. So if we treat yeah. ourselves like someone we're, we're, we're supposed to help, I think that can be, that can be positive. Yeah. That's a great spot to leave it. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, uh, procrastination is the thief of time. Try to try to prioritize your day to, so that we can be productive and happy and ultimately do the things that matter and memento mori while you're at it. Maybe we'll do that one another, another week too. Remember yeah, that maybe. you're going to die. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. There are only four we'll things see certain since social progress began that the dog returns to his vomit, and the sow returns to her mire, and the burnt fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire. And that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin. As surely as water will wet us, 
as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook hiddings, with terror and slaughter return.